the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Hope that you're doing well and things are going well. We're flying into December already, racing towards uh, Christmas. I don't know about you, but Christmas is just a crazy time of year. Last Monday, we talked about navigating Christmas. Uh, For some reason, if you missed that show, you can find it on our podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere you stream your podcast podcasts. And today I want to talk about just how many prophecies there are in regards to the birth of Jesus Christ. The Bible is really packed with these amazing uh, prophecies pointing uh, to Christ. You know, I've been reflecting on Christmas and just the joys of Christmas and also the the challenges of of Christmas as well. There's a part of me that really loves uh, Christmas, but then there's another part of me that really loves it when it's over. And you may feel that way as well. But it does give us an awesome opportunity to look at Christ, especially his first coming, and also anticipate his uh, second coming. One of my favorite things about Christmas is our Christmas Eve uh, services. If you're thinking about a Christmas Eve service or inviting someone to a Christmas Eve service, ours will be candlelight, noon, two, four, and six on Christmas Eve, their family services. It's so awesome to see people realize who Jesus is, what Jesus has done for them on the cross, and trust Christ as uh, their Savior. So for the next uh, hour or or so, we're going to take a journey, just taking a look at how there's so many prophecies that are fulfilled in regards to the birth of Jesus Christ. And you might be wondering, you know, why is prophecy so important. And prophecy really sets the Bible apart from other books of the Bible, or excuse me, from other books that claim to be uh, from God, because it shows God's infinite wisdom that he can predict uh, the future. I think it's one of the things that causes the Bible to really stand out in its authority. Sometimes we really struggle believing the inspiration of Scripture because there's so much coming against uh, the inspiration of Scripture. So many saying that God's Word is is not inspired by uh, the Lord. But prophecy is an awesome testimony to the inspiration of uh, Scripture. So the first prophecy that I want to point out is the fact that Jesus would be of the tribe of Judah, and also specifically the descendant of David. It's pretty an amazing story in David's life, but David 
wants to build God a temple. And Nathan the prophet says to David, yeah, go for it. Build God a temple. Sounds like a great idea. But then the next day, God spoke to Nathan, says, go back to David, tell David, hey, you can't build this temple because you're a man of war. There's blood on your hands. And instead, God promises to David that he's going to build David a house that lasts forever and that David's descendants will reign uh, forever. And we see that fulfilled in Jesus Christ because Jesus came of the lineage of uh, David. So the first prophecy I want to point out is in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king, and David begot Solomon by her whom had been the wife of Uriah. This is just packed full of God's grace. Because we see first, Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Now, Rahab may ring a bell because Rahab is the Canaanite harlot who turned and joined the people of God when the children of Israel came into the promised land, showing God's grace to redeem Rahab. Then Ruth was a Moabitess, and she became part of the children of Israel another expression of God's grace. And through Obed, Jesse was born, and Jesse is the father of David. And David's raised up to be king of Israel. Remember, David had so many brothers. Samuel thought his older brothers would be king, but God chose the younger David, a man after God's own heart. But even more grace, because David committed adultery with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Isn't that interesting that scripture refers to Bathsheba as the wife of Uriah, not the wife of, of David? Then had Uriah murdered, so adultery and murder, but went on to marry Bathsheba and Solomon was born. And here's the lineage of Christ leading up to the birth of Christ. So God promised to David, by his grace, your descendants are going to reign forever. And that's fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ because Jesus comes from the line of David. One of the things that I love about the lineage of Christ that's listed in Matthew chapter 1 is it's a huge testimony of God's grace. There's really a lot of surprises in this lineage. You wouldn't expect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to have this type of family background. But God is making a very clear statement from the very beginning that he came to seek and to save the lost, that he sent his son uh, to die for our sins, which I am so very uh, thankful uh, for. The next prophecy that's uh, fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ is an amazing one. It's actually that Christ would be born of a virgin. As we continue to look at Matthew chapter 1, it says, Now the birth of Jesus was fulfilled, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Mary and Joseph, they're engaged, but they haven't known each other sexually. And here, Mary becomes pregnant, not from Joseph, but of the Holy Spirit, the Immaculate Conception. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. 
their engagement was much more serious than our engagements. To end an engagement, you actually had to have what would be the equivalent of a divorce. And so he seeks to do this privately. Joseph's not believing the virgin birth. Who would, right? But God speaks to him through an angel. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So God speaks. The angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, hang on here, Joseph. The Holy Spirit is the one that caused this child to be born. And verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Love, love, love this. His name will be called Jesus. In the name of Jesus is the mission of Jesus that he's going to save us from our sins. How is this a fulfillment of prophecy? Is Isaiah 7 verse 14. Isaiah 7 verse 14 tells us that the Messiah, God's son, would come and be born of a virgin. That it would be a sign to all of us that Christ was born. Isaiah 7.14 says this, it states this uh, truth, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So God didn't want us to miss his son, God in human flesh. So he gives this prophecy that Jesus is going to be born of a virgin. Mary is the virgin who opened herself up to the work of the Holy Spirit in her life, and God fulfilled that promise. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you're doing well as you're navigating this Christmas season of December, but also navigating the roads, uh, driving down the road this afternoon. We're looking at how... The birth of Christ, his nativity, fulfilled prophecy. The first two that we've looked at so far, that Jesus would come of the lineage of David, that he would be born of a virgin. We've got a whole lot more to come, so stay with me after this break. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me on this Monday afternoon. Hope that you're doing well. Thanks for listening. Maybe you're driving down the road, navigating traffic, catching the podcast after the fact, or already home from work today. And man, I don't know about you, but I just want to kind of talk openly, honestly, share my heart with you about uh, December, is it can really wear me out. Uh, There's things that I love about December and Christmas, but also uh, things that can really lead to weariness and fatigue. Sometimes in the busyness, I can go through all of December and really not reflect on the gift of Christ and Christ being born in human flesh. Today, I want to look at and focus on the prophecies that have been fulfilled in the coming of Christ and how it brings validity to the the fact that scripture stands alone and scripture is inspired. So we've looked at how it was prophesied that Jesus would come from the lineage of David, 
but also that Jesus would be born of a virgin. The prophecy of this is in Isaiah 7 verse 14. And in this verse, there's also a prophecy of his name. And she shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. I think that's really significant. What Emmanuel means is God with us. Let's contemplate for a moment the incarnation. What does that mean? Incarnation, that God would come in a human flesh. And John in his gospel, he really describes this of Jesus becoming human and him taking on human flesh. It's John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is a title that's given to Jesus, that he's the Word, that he is God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was made nothing that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So Jesus is the Word. He's God. He is the Creator. But then verse 14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, this fulfilled prophecy of Isaiah 7 verse 14. I'm so thankful that Jesus took on human flesh for several reasons. He's all God but yet all man, he is going to be the perfect sinless sacrifice for our sin. He came to be the savior of our sins, but he also came to dwell with us. Jesus fully understands the human experience. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He was rejected by his family. He was rejected by his hometown, rejected by his own country, the religious leaders. I'm sure all of us have experienced rejection in our lives and to know God is with us. He he understands. The incarnation, the birth of Christ, that he would be born in Bethlehem, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, is also the fact that we're never going to be alone. Jesus promised that he's never going to leave us, that he's never going to forsake us. The Christian life is not... Emmanuel. What I mean by that is a bunch of rules and regulations of how to try to figure things out. I don't know if you've ever bought any furniture at IKEA. My wife and I have often joked that this would be the ultimate premarital test, that we should make this part of premarital counseling, that you've got to go buy some IKEA furniture and try to figure it out. But you've got these instructions and it's a manual, right? It's It's here's how to put this uh, together. And the Christian life isn't, okay, here's a bunch of instructions, though it is instructions, but it's much more than that. It's a manual. It's God with us. Um, I think of it this way. uh, Five years or so ago, I was able to purchase an old Chevy pickup truck, a a 1978 Chevy K10. And my dad had an old 59 Chevy truck when I was uh, growing up. And these two trucks are similar in that they're both uh, beaters. And I remember when I got the truck and got it home, I I could have a distinct smell of my dad's truck because both of these trucks have carburetors and there's just a unique 
gasoline uh, smell and just took me back to to my childhood. My good friend uh, Steve Ernst, he has been helping me fix it up, and I could not uh, fix that truck up, even come anywhere close, just with instruction alone, just with YouTube videos. It's really taken Steve uh, working alongside of me and watching him and learning how to be able to to fix things on the truck. That that's a manual. That that's God with us. You know, what are you trying to? figure out uh, in your life and in your Christian life is it, man, how to be a godly husband, how to be a godly wife, how to be the parent that God wants me to be, how to be the worker God wants me to be, how do I grow in worship and in gratitude? Well, it's Emmanuel, God with us. And this was prophesied that God would dwell with us. This is the message of the nativity that we celebrate is God is, is with us. And what John told us, I want you to think about it for just a moment, is he said, the word becomes flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory of God is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. What would we know about God if it wasn't for the incarnation of Christ, of Jesus coming in human flesh. We would know of his holiness in the Old Testament. We would know of his power, but we know of his grace and his truth through Jesus. And I love the order of this, that Jesus comes first in grace and then truth. That The grace of God is what makes us hungry for the truth of God. And the grace of God is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God. It, it's the person of Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father that is given to us. The two times the father spoke from heaven, he said, this is my beloved son, saying, I want you to know how much I love my son. This is my boy. And he was given for us, Emmanuel, God with us. So this amazing prophecy from Isaiah chapter seven, written so long before Christ was born, is fulfilled that he's born of a virgin as Emmanuel, God with us. Thanks for taking this journey with me. I hope you're doing well. I hope that uh, December finds you you well and you're having opportunity to reflect and think about Christ and all that he's done for us and the amazing gift of Christ that Christ was born in Bethlehem for you, for me. He understands the human experience and we're told that we have a faithful and merciful high priest that we can come to him and he sympathizes with our weakness. He gets our weakness. He gets our weariness. He even understands our temptation. Part of his incarnation, part of his humanity, is that he was tempted in all ways like we are, yet without sin. So we can come to him as our faithful and merciful high priest to find help in time of need. What help do you need right now, this afternoon, as you're listening to this radio program? You're like, man, I'm... Under a lot of financial stress, there's a relational tension. I have challenges in, in my health to cry out to Emmanuel, God with us, who came in human flesh so that we could behold his glory and grace and truth and cry out to Jesus, Jesus, help me. Today, we're looking at fulfilled prophecy in the first coming of Christ, specifically his nativity. How many places in the Old Testament predicted Christ? coming. First, that Jesus would be born of the lineage of David, fulfilled 
check that Jesus would be born of a virgin, an amazing sign, amazing testimony fulfilled, check that his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Stay with me. We're going to head to a break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Don't go away. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you're doing well. Pray that God has given you strength and meeting you as you're journeying through uh, December. I'm a local pastor here in the city. Have the joy of raising our kids here. We've got four kids, three daughters and one a son. And Rocky Mountain Calvary has been our home now for over 20 years. Was the youth pastor there. For five years and now have been uh, senior pastoring and lead pastoring uh, for quite some some time from since 2005. Love our city, love living here, love hosting Crosswalk. This is a local show that's focused on Colorado Springs and also on Southern uh, Colorado. So today we're just taking time to look at some prophecy in regards to the first coming of Jesus Christ. And prophecy is amazing. God predicting things that will happen yet in the future. And it really causes the Bible to stand alone. It really causes us to understand that the Word of God is inspired. And what's so cool about the Bible is there's many fulfilled prophecies, and then there's some prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled. So looking back at fulfilled prophecy gives us confident expectation of unfulfilled prophecy that's coming in the future. So we've looked at Jesus being born of the lineage of David, that he being born of a virgin. And then the next prophecy is that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. So this is Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So we find these wise men from the east. We actually don't know how many there are. Throughout the generations, people have assumed that there were three wise men because there's three gifts, but we just know there's more than one. Wise men, plural, and they come from the east because they saw a star. And this star pointed to them that the Messiah had come, that the Christ child had come, and they followed the star all the way to Jerusalem. And they asked this question of Herod, saying, where's the Christ? Where's the Messiah to be born? And this gets Herod feeling quite jealous. Herod then goes to the scribes, the priests, and they search the scriptures, and there's an answer of where Jesus would be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people 
Israel. Fulfilled prophecy in the birth of Jesus Christ, God named the place that Jesus would be born. And we compare this to the other gospel accounts, and we know the way that Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem was actually through a census. Cornelius was the governor in the area of the Galilee, and he ordered a decree. He ordered a decree that everyone would be counted for. So you had to go back to your hometown. This resulted in Mary and Joseph having to make a very untimely trip to go to Bethlehem. Mary's very close to delivering her child, the Christ child, and all of a sudden they've got to make this journey. If you look at a map of Israel and you look at Nazareth, look at Bethlehem, it's a bit of a trek. When they make that travel, little did they know that this was actually a fulfillment of prophecy. And I bring great comfort in this because we live in a time where we have governing leaders and they are making decisions and sometimes those affect our lives. And for Mary and Joseph, it affect their life in a drastic way. They had to be relocated right before the birth of, of Christ and they come to Bethlehem and there's no room for Jesus in the inn. I've often thought, man, wouldn't there be somebody who would open up their home for this young couple having their first child or someone that would give up their room in the inn so Mary and Joseph didn't have to take Jesus to the barn? We see this coldness uh, taking place that we find in our culture where it's really easy for us to miss people around us that are in need. Christ then is is born in a barn, if you would, placed in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, to the point when the wise men, or excuse me, the shepherds, are told by the angels that the Christ child was born. They said the place that you'll find him is in the manger. Most likely it was a cave. This is where animals would be kept. So the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is born in Bethlehem, placed in a manger. Now, this is hugely significant because it is a fulfillment of prophecy of Micah 5.2. But notice the message of God through this. Are you not the least among the rulers of Judah? That's what Micah 5.2 says. Bethlehem was not a destination place. And it's still not a destination place apart from the fact that it's the birth of of Jesus. It's not a place that you would want to go. Think if Jesus was born in London or New York or Los Angeles or Denver in one of the nicest children's hospitals. Most of the world can't relate to that. I've had the joy of spending some time in Uganda, and the Ugandans out in the bush, out in the villages, the children are born in huts. And Jesus came and was born in such a humble way that all can approach the manger. All can approach the Christ child and feel comfortable. Bethlehem is very much a humble town. Five miles outside of Jerusalem, lots of shepherds as they would keep the sheep and keep the flock and prepare lambs to be sacrificed at the temple. And God was born in Bethlehem. Why did God choose Bethlehem? Because it was the least. It was the place that was most approachable. It speaks of the humility 
of of Christ that he was born in Bethlehem. So this is a fulfilled prophecy uh, by the Lord from Micah 5.2, given long before Christ's birth that he would be born in Bethlehem. Maybe you're a bit of a skeptic. You're you're at a place where you're like, you know, I know we're coming up on Christmas, but did Jesus really exist? Is he really God? Is it God in human flesh? Or is this all fairy tales? And I would encourage you to pick up a Bible. If you don't have one, you can order one on Amazon. Call us, Rocky Mountain Calvary. We'd love to to give you a Bible. But as you read the Gospel of Matthew, the first three chapters, you're going to see all of these fulfilled prophecies when it comes to the birth of, of Jesus Christ. And this gives us great confidence that the Word of God is indeed inspired. History points to it that Jesus existed. The Bible, through fulfilled prophecy, gives a wonderful testimony of Christ, that he'd be born of a virgin, that he'd be of the lineage of David, that he would come to Bethlehem, so that we with absolute confidence would know that he's the King of Kings, that he's the Lord of Lords, that he died for our sins and rose again. You can approach Christ. If there's one person that will listen and that will understand, it's Christ. He was born in a humble way, placed in a manger in Bethlehem to be our Savior. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Great to be with you today. Thanks for taking the journey with me. Praying for you as you journey through December. Appreciate your prayers for me as well. I know it's a little bit out in advance, but we'd like to invite you to our Christmas Eve services, noon, two, four, and six. They're candlelight services. And please invite somebody that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. Reach out. Stay with me. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me, praising your name no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks for listening. Hope that you're doing well. Hope that your afternoon is going well. How are you doing on your Christmas uh, shopping? Man, there's so many years where I just wait till the last minute to do Christmas shopping. I'm getting on Amazon Prime and wondering, do I have enough time for these Christmas gifts uh, to get here? It's such a fun time of year, fun to be able to look at Christmas lights, be able to exchange gifts. But also I know it's a difficult time of year. It can bring up the points of pain in our life, the rejection from family and friends. And I want you to hear this, that you're not alone. God is with you. He sent his son as the savior of the world. It's Emmanuel. God is with us as you're driving down the road, getting off of work, listening to this podcast. God is with you. And the amazing gift of Christ is that we're never going to face a a day alone. Taking a look at the fulfilled prophecies in regards to the coming of Christ. We've looked at Jesus being born of the lineage of David, the virgin birth, also that he would be born in Bethlehem. The next one is kind of surprising. 
and it's actually that Jesus would come out of Egypt. And what took place is the massacre of boys two years and younger when Herod realized that the wise men were not going to bring him to Jesus. He ordered the death of all of the boys two and under, and Jesus had to flee to Egypt. Jesus was a refugee. This is Matthew 2, verses 13 through 15. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled. Notice this, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. This is Hosea 11.1. What an amazing, amazing prophecy. If you're wondering about the validity of scripture, the validity of Jesus Christ, is he who he said he was? Look at these fulfilled prophecies in the person and the work of, of Jesus Christ. It was foretold that Jesus would come up out of Egypt. And here he is having to flee to Egypt for his life. And then God brought him out of Egypt back in to Israel once Herod was dead and passed away. Another tremendous way that we can relate to Jesus. Mary and Joseph were complete foreigners in Egypt. Jesus was a foreigner in, in Egypt. He understands suffering. Maybe you've gone through a lot of transition in your life. Jesus understands that. So that's a fulfilled a prophecy. Another fulfilled prophecy comes to the fact that there would be weeping in Rama in regards to the birth of Christ. Because of this massacre of boys two years and younger, there's weeping. I mean, could you imagine the weeping in Bethlehem as all of the boys two years and younger were murdered. And it just shows you what an absolute evil tyrant that Herod was. I mean, who orders the the death of boys two years and younger? So this is Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice was heard in Ramah, lament, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her child, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And this is a fulfilled prophecy out of Jeremiah chapter 31, that there would be weeping in Ramah. And that's exactly what took place at the birth of Jesus Christ with these boys being massacred. Notice those words, then it was fulfilled. God's word was fulfilled. There's one other promise that I want to point out, one other prophecy in regards to the first coming of Christ. And then I want to talk a little bit about how do we apply this? How do we apply the fact that God fulfills prophecy to, to our lives this afternoon? The next fulfilled prophecy is actually John the Baptist. And this is Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
This is Isaiah 40. In Isaiah 40, God promised that there was going to be a voice calling out in the wilderness, a voice of repentance, preparing your heart and your life uh, for Christ. This year I had the joy of, of teaching through the life of John the Baptist in the Gospel of Luke, and he's one of my personal heroes of how he stood fast the message of God, and he had a bold message. But John's life and ministry was a fulfillment of prophecy. God prophesied in Isaiah 40 that he would be that voice in the wilderness. We think of location, 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 and John the Baptist had a terrible location for his ministry out in the wilderness, but his life was a fulfillment of prophecy. So in these last few minutes, let's focus on how do we apply this? If you look at the birth of Christ, there's two that were looking for his coming in a very specific way, and it was Anna and Simeon. And both of them, God had put on their heart to be looking for the Messiah. They had studied these Old Testament scriptures and knew the promise of the Christ coming. And when Jesus comes to the temple for his circumcision and also to receive his name, it was the the giving of his name on the eighth day, Simeon is there and the Holy Spirit reveals to him that this is the Messiah. And God told him that he wasn't going to see death until he saw the Messiah. Anna, through the power of the Holy Spirit as well, she would come to the temple for 40 or 84 years, wow, 84 years to serve God in fasting and prayer. And God revealed to her that this was the Christ child. The two amazing examples of those who looked for God to fulfill his word. And this is the application for us is we have all of these amazing proof texts of God fulfilling his word in the first coming of Jesus Christ, we can with absolute confidence know that God is going to fulfill his promises in regards to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We want to be like Anna and we want to be like Simeon that are waiting and watching in anticipation for Jesus to return. And just like These promises have been fulfilled with Christ's first coming. The promises are absolutely going to be fulfilled with his second coming. I don't know about you, but sometimes it can seem like things are going to continue as they always are. We can lose sight of the promise that Jesus said that he is going to return. In the beginning of Acts, Jesus ascended to be with the Father, and he said, in the same way that I go up, I'm going to descend Zechariah prophesies that Jesus is going to return on the Mount of Olives, probably the most valuable piece of real estate on the earth for sure. God really encouraged me a few months ago that he's coming. I don't know when he's coming. I don't, no one knows when he's coming. Only the Father knows, but he is coming. So as we reflect on Christ's first coming at the Nativity, we also want to focus on his second coming and know that Christ is absolutely going to return. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Please share this podcast. Go check out the podcast, Crosswalk uh, Colorado Springs. So many fulfilled prophecies in regards to the birth of Christ. Hope you have a great, great, great Monday afternoon. Know that Emmanuel, God with us, he's with you. 
And until next time, have a great night and enjoy your evening in the love of the Lord. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.